Hey, thank you for listening to the Real Perspectives podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us and tell one of your colleagues about the interview you're about to hear or have heard in the past. We hope you enjoy our conversations and that you'll listen to others in our library. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions, please reach out. We'll do our best to incorporate them. Thanks again. Hello, listeners. My name is Vladimir Bosanitz. I'm the co-founder and publisher of The Registry, and here today with you to introduce you to Cody and its founder and CEO, Christelle Rohat. Cody, like so many other startup firms, is looking to transform its industry, and in this case, the commercial real estate industry. The business is here to help provide flexible office-based solutions for any size company and any type of configuration. And it will even work with you if you want to share your space with another company. Christelle brings a fresh perspective to the industry and wants tenants to rethink how they lease space and how they use it. Post-COVID, that kind of thinking may be the approach that the industry needs. Welcome to the podcast, Christelle. Christelle, how are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi, Vlad. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Uh, where do we find you? Where are you today? I'm in our HQ right now in San Francisco. Excellent, excellent. And um, has the company sort of fully returned to work or are you guys sort of in and out as needed? Uh, what's, the, what's the state of your you know, return to uh, work kind of policy? I like to put more like return to the office than, than work. I think people worked a lot during the pandemic, just yeah. in a different environment. Uh, but yeah, like we typically use the space a couple of days a week and we share with another company uh, on our, in our space. Great, great, great. All right. Um, well, Christelle, um, I ask all of our guests to, you know, give us a little bit of an, in, of, of an introduction, tell us, you know, a bit about their background, how they got into the industry and sort of, you know, how, how the winding road of their career, if you will, got them to where they are. So, you know, tell us, uh, you know, a bit about you and sort of how um, Cody came about. Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, well, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm very excited to speak with you about the future of real estate. Um, my story, you've probably noticed my accent already. I'm French and I arrived in the U.S. Uh, six, seven years ago now. Um, I'm an environmental engineer and city planner by training, and I've always been obsessed with improving how people work and, and live in our cities. And I think I got a cultural shock when I studied city planning in UC Berkeley. Uh, it was my first time living in the U.S., coming straight from Europe, and um, I'm more used to like mixed-use neighborhoods and you know not relying on cars that much. And so. Um, I, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that all the offices were kind of centralized downtown and it required like uh, a lot of, you know, commute time and carbon emissions to get to work. And so Cody came about by uh, the desire to decentralize access to office space and bring that more closer to where people live. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think more people from Europe like you and I should come here and change the real estate industry, right? Um, make it make it better. So that's that's very interesting that that's uh, what you know prompted you to um, you know think about that. At that point in time, when when you were here and and exploring this, um, were you already familiar with sort of shared working spaces as a as a concept? Um, how, how did you kind of you know become aware of that? 
actually, I was not. I came really from a background of uh, sustainability, environmental engineering, and then city planning. So more like public policies and zoning laws and things like that. And and that's what struck me the most was that like the utility, there were so many spaces that were completely underutilized throughout right. the city, and I I can't believe that no one can make a use of them. You know. Um, and so the it was more like a kind of a, a problem solving type of mindset than an expertise type of mindset. Um, I think I, I came from like an outsider perspective on real estate, and then I got really fell in love with it. Yeah, interesting. So with that background, um, how did how was Cody born, and how did you you know um, think to? you know, deploy what you know and your background into into this area, um, you know, versus other environmental, you know, things that, you know, perhaps, you know, you could have, you know, pursued? Yeah, I, I very much love, like, cities and optimizing, because, like, you know, like, the I think today it's 70% of the world is urbanized already and it's going to reach, like, 90% in, like, by in, in 50 years from now or something, like, Probably we can check those those, that, those data points, but that's roughly the direction. Uh, cities are extremely important, and, and commuting is one of the most um, the, the biggest sources of carbon emissions in our cities. Um, and just by like understanding how human beings function, right? Like we we sleep and then we go to work, and then we come back home and we sleep again. Uh, can we make those uses like closer to each other so that like the carbon emissions are smaller? Um, I, I do believe so. I think there's a ton of spaces across the city close to people's homes that are just sitting empty and they, they, they somehow are not made available and accessible. And that got me into real estate because when you look at empty spaces around you, they empty for a reason. Um, typically, it's because of the, the archaic long-term leasing model like locking a space into a seven-year lease or five-year lease right. doesn't make much sense anymore. And breaking that model, basically, by allowing a lot more short-term, flexible uses, uh, even like co-tenancy and models where you can have different companies using a space on different days, makes it a lot more appealing uh, for people and for companies to use. Yeah. Do you um, think that the pandemic was sort of an inflection point that sort of really made that more of a you know reality? I mean, I think prior to the pandemic, obviously there were other companies that were sort of in this space somehow, right? Um, including you know you know WeWork, which was sort of doing something else and different. If you if you think about it, um, but but you know do do you think that that was that that we are at a point now because of everything that's happened to us in the last you know three years or so that even now we are more open to to these kinds of um, arrangements than perhaps the time was ready for us you know prior to 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I saw it, Cody, it was 2019, and so. Um, there was like a, a push towards remote work. Remote work was steadily increasing, but it was really far from today's situation where this is like the widespread majority of companies are hybrid. Like they go and use a space just a couple of days a week, if any day of the week. Um, and that's like a massive shift. And for sure, the pandemic triggered that shift. Uh, I think we made a leap in the future of like five, 10 years minimum uh, with the pandemic. And and um, 
I think the power dynamics change between landlords and tenants when much more now tenants have the power because they this the the there's less of a need for a long term lease and so like it's the the real estate is very much influenced by work behaviors and workplace behaviors that that is trending towards shorter term uh less risky uh commitments uh easier way of using space um and more decentralized yeah so how does Cody do that? How, you let's let's talk a little bit about the company. So you guys are are, are not like a traditional sort of shared space, um, you know, provider. You you essentially help companies do that, right? But tell us sort of how your model works and how it's different from you know some of the other folks that are that are in this in this industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Cody's vision is to build a workplace of the future, and as I described it, is the future that is more hybrid, more decentralized where the office is made, it, it's easier. It's a lot easier to get space, to get your team together and build a culture. Uh, today, traditional real estate cannot really offer that. Um, and so we are very much disrupting the archaic long-term lease model and, and kind of reinventing commercial real estate for the way companies work today. And the way we do that is that we, we built a platform that enables companies to easily find and manage fully private and turnkey spaces with the most flexible terms on the market. Once they have that, the right match, then that's when the Cody concierge style services come into play and handle everything from like furniture to IT to cleaning and office management services. Yeah, so the, the way we Cody differs from co-working is that it's it's not co-working, right? You're not sharing a space on the same day with multiple companies. It's a fully private space. It's it's really your office on the days that you reserve it. Um, but then. The alternative to Cody, it's really more the traditional office route where you get a direct lease and you go through brokers and landlords and negotiate a 15-page lease uh, contract. And then uh, even if you go through these massive, uh, all these obstacles, you still end up with a space that's not set up, that's not managed, it's not furnished. And so it's a massive pain point even after you go through all the hoops of like the leasing agreements. It's a it's a lot of time and it's a lot of resources dedicated for something that now companies perceive as like a service, not a, a liability on their balance sheet. And so we come into play in the sense of like, first, we only show very flexible terms. So companies can have a space for six months instead of like three years with Cody. And then every six months, we reassess with them whether they want to outgrow the space, downsize, expand to another city. So it's extremely flexible and like it adapts to their growth. Uh, and then the second piece is once they find the right space, then it, then that's when like the experience is much more closer to a co-working space where everything is set up and, and ready for you and managed. You don't need to think about it. Um, so from utilities to IT to um, the equipment, um, and we can also help them customize the experience and the layout. Do you um, then work with you know landlords? You work with brokers. You work with um, you know the you know tenants with all three parties. Um, where do you kind of fit into that ecosystem? Yes, yeah, so we very much like a managed marketplace. So on one hand, we have the clients, um, which typically are called tenants, uh, as you mentioned. 
Uh, and these are companies who want to graduate from a coworking experience. They're ready to have their own space. They want to invest in having their own HQ, uh, whether that's just a few days a week or full time. Uh, and they want to outsource that process and that management to Cody. Or and, and then on the other side, we have um, the supply side. And that's like a mix of landlords and brokers. We work a lot with brokers. Uh, they see the value in having Cody generate revenue quickly for landlords and minimize vacancy time while providing uh, an amenity to the building. It's uh, We improve kind of the space, and especially for Class B buildings. Like um, when you walk into a Cody, it has like kind of a Class A feel because we take great care of the space. Um, how do you then uh, balance out sort of the you know landlord's desire to sort of have the longest possible lease, right? And they will probably often dangle the you know carrot of well, if you sign the longer term, you know you can guarantee certain rates, whereas you know six months from now your rates might be going up fifteen percent or something like that, right? Um, you know, are we in a in a situation now where there's a lot of space available? So you guys have the flexibility to negotiate, you know, um, a lot of deals like that, um, or or do you think this will be sustainable? Also, you know, maybe once once the market changes and goes into the other direction. Yeah, that's a great question. We are a marketplace, so at the end of the day, we'll adapt to the market conditions. If a market is more like uh, constrained than the other, then and landlord has the right to like you know ask for a longer term, but if there's no demand for a longer term, then they won't be successful. And that's what's currently happening. That's why there's so much vacancy. It's because you know brokers and landlords keep pitching uh, long-term leases, which is not like popular anymore. And there are other ways to uh, fill a space and have great tenants, but just it's just a different model. Um, it's not a worse model um, because when you think about it. You can readdress your rent every six months or every 12 months instead of every five, 10 years, especially in this environment. Do you want to be locked into a cheap rent for 10 years as a landlord? Probably not. Like It's actually better for them and they would generate more revenue if every six, 12 months we reassess the market value of the space. Um, and another part is it's also a bit less risky than having a long-term tenant. Uh, the likelihood of a tenant defaulting on a 6-12 month lease is extremely small small and, and low and a lot of landlords got burned through the pandemic with tenants defaulting um, which is you know as I said like less risky uh, with a model like Cody that's a bit more shorter term yeah the challenge to that I would argue would be if um, you know the landlord perhaps is interested in you know maybe selling the property right and I think the, the, the sort of short term rents might affect it negatively, right, in terms of the valuation because they're they're essentially valuing cash flow, right? Um, but, but I do understand how it, it is very advantageous. What types of companies do you typically work with? Um, are they certain size of companies? Um, is it all over the place? I, I, am, I am curious, you know, who, who do you guys, um, uh, you know, attract to your, to your model? Yeah, so we have, like, I think, two types of companies, really. Uh, they range from, like, a seed stage tech startup, free people team, all the way to thousands of employees in a, in a media agency. Um, so the, the, the industries uh, vary, the, the team size vary, um, but I think there's really two kind of personas that we can identify. One is the fast-growing startup, typically, um, 
that either was born out of the pandemic or is currently using a co-working space and they're ready to upgrade from that experience and, and have their own space. Um, and so it's it's kind of a shock when you go from like the co-working experience to the, the traditional broker experience. Uh, it's a lot more painful and long and time-consuming and and honestly, like very little startups are willing to spend the time and, and resources to, to, to do that. Um, and so that's where, like, that's kind of, I think, the person number one, uh, fast-growing startup from, like, you know, 10 people to, like, 50, 100. I would say the second type is, like, the larger companies that are uh, where the lease is up. And so they're not renewing because they have way too much square footage uh, on their portfolio. So they're trying to downsize. And as they're downsizing, they're going to go for uh, shorter term uh, leases and they're going to outsource office management. Um, and that's what we can do for them. So we really see those two different type of clients, those who come from like the traditional experience and want something more flexible and more turnkey. And those who come from like the easy experience of co-working and want finally like their own space. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, and who are the types of landlords that you will typically work with? So when your client approaches you, do you go seek space for them? Or do you already have like a certain number of, you know, buildings or, you know, properties that you've already engaged with, and you kind of know what they're looking for, so you can, you know, help help place them in those in those properties? It's more the latter. Um, so once the company asks us for space, they tell us what they need. And then uh, typically, we have a space that match that those requirements in our portfolio, and they can start there for the first year, and then we can reassess if they need something different. Um, and during that time, they can customize the experience with um, our office as a service platform. We do have uh, a lot of broker partners who help us source more spaces if we happen not to have the right space right away in our portfolio. Do you also have your internal design team um, or, or do you work with uh, third third parties to sort of help outfit the office and make it, you know, move and ready? Uh, for now, it's uh, done in-house. So we uh, we take care of that process uh, internally. And which markets are you guys active? Uh, you, you know, you said your headquarters is in uh, San Francisco, but are you um, working elsewhere? We're mostly in the Bay Area. Um, so East Bay and South Bay as well, uh, outside of San Francisco, uh, and <clears throat> sorry, and New York City. Um, we do have some clients in in Austin, Seattle, and Toronto. Are you noticing any sort of distinction between kind of the needs and sort of you know trends, and whether it's uh, on the landlord side or uh, on your client side that that are that are interesting and in, you know you know particular to let's say the Bay Area versus what's happening in New York and San Antonio and elsewhere. Oh, absolutely! Uh, San Francisco and New York City look very different from an office uh, standpoint. Uh, there's a lot more vacancy in San Francisco than New York City for for one, so that drives like the prices down uh, in San Francisco and the the lease terms are a lot more flexible in SF than um, in New York City. Uh, in New York City, we see like a lot more demand um, for like, you know, Soho, Tribeca, like the the, the Midtown and, and really the down Manhattan per proper. Where in SF, like I think there's a, a bigger trend of decentralization. Like we have a peak of request in, in Soma, Mission, Presidio, Marina. So like kind of closer to where people actually live. Um, and a bit less so downtown. 
And also regarding industry trends, uh, I wanted to highlight um, the off-site model, meaning a lot of those empty commercial spaces, instead of just being pitched and promoted as a regular office space, there's a big need for companies that are fully remote to use space on a you know, monthly basis almost for offsites and in-person meetings, uh, but not on a regular basis as like for a lease for regular office use. And so that offsite product, like we tested it at, at Cody in 2022 and it's been growing very fast and organically. Um, and I think that's like a huge opportunity for landlords that have specifically big spaces um, to promote their space and set it up for offsites uh, because a lot of big companies need that space. Uh, on a, just a daily basis or like for a week at a time. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. And do you find that the landlords, you know, need to update those spaces with certain, you know, different kind of, you know, furniture and interiors or is it or is it fairly flexible um, either way, but it's just utilized a different way? There's a lot of requests uh, that get at least shared with us at Cody from our offsite clients that have a lot of needs uh, and Yes, I do think there's like a specific design and layout and equipment that is needed to make an offsite successful. And we're happy to help them, uh, help landlords do that. Uh, the very least for sure, furniture. <laughs> and then there's, uh, you know, things like equipment, like the TVs and Zoom rooms, uh, a couple of phone booths, making sure you have as many conference rooms as you can uh, set up. And then large conference table with also soft sitting available. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are some general kind of you know office trends that you're that you're noticing? I mean, you're you're obviously working with you know young companies. You're working with companies that are you know growing. Um, you know, to them, you know, making an investment into an office is is a very important one. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how do you see uh, that that evolving, right? And um, are there certain things about that that you think is, you know, indicative of how the market is going to look like in, I don't know, five years or so from now? Absolutely. I'm, I'm a big believer that the office timeshare model that we pioneered this year, I mean, last year in 2022, uh, is going to stay and is going to become mainstream in five years from now. Uh, and what I mean by office timeshare is having kind of a co-tenancy model where you have Company A using a space Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and then Company B Wednesday, Thursday. Um, that's something, yeah, so that's something that we pioneered in 2022, and it's been very successful. We have, I don't know, 35, 40% of our clients uh, are on a timeshare basis. Oh, interesting. Um, are you are are there any are there any concerns in terms of you know you know data and sort of using systems or is it sort of fairly you know um, not, not not an issue at this point? You know, everybody sort of just sort of you know plugs into the internet and you kind of work, right? Well, it's our job at Cody, right, to make it as seamless as possible. So the other company yes. <laughs> basically doesn't really notice that there's a different company on the other days. So we reset the space between the two clients. Um, we make sure that the amenities are shut properly and everything is working and clean. And um, and then, yeah, and it's, uh, it's working pretty smoothly uh, for those companies. And whenever they want to customize more the experience by adding, like, you know, phone booth and monitors, maybe putting their logo on the door and things like that. That's when like going full time does matter. Um, but otherwise, like it's a, it's a very good and efficient experience to just have your space twice a week and you're actually paying 
a twice a week rent instead of a full time rent. And you know. yeah, that's that's super interesting. And what does that do to you know amenities? I mean, companies used to attract people with like you know free lunches and ping pong tables and things like that, right? Um, this may not be you know something people want anymore. Are are you noticing sort of a transition also in terms of what's attracting workers back into the office? Yeah, we, we've dedicated a time and, and resources in fully understanding what would be the optimal workplace design for companies. And um, we've noticed, and I think that's been noticed like throughout the industry, that more subsidying is important, less individual workstations. People do not come to really work on their own thing, but they come to for more like social setup and um, bonding time, collaboration, brainstorming, those type of activities that are pretty hard to conduct on Zoom. Um, and like to kind of break from the loneliness of being in your home office all day long. From a design standpoint, we have noticed more couches and armchairs, uh, more square footage dedicated to communal areas um, are important because that's the main use case of the spaces less so for individual focused work uh, and having your individual workstation because you can have that at home and it's pretty comfortable. But when you come in the office, it's more social, it's more bonding, it's more creative, it's more brainstorming. Um, free lunches, I don't see anyone doing that anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. What's nice though is like having an inspiring space, you know, and like something that feels different from your own home. Um, and feels like more, more inspiring, brighter, like bigger. Um, and then from an amenity standpoint, just making sure that people have uh, good snacks, sparkling water, music, and feel a, a sense of belonging with, you know, swag, logos. Uh, that that does make a difference. Are you also noticing that the properties that are attracting more interest will be ones that are you know closer to like I don't know you know, public transportation or closer to highways, like, does is that playing a big role too, at, at, you know, at this point? Yeah, absolutely. Like, minimizing commute times is critical. Uh, every time we talk to a company, we really try to understand where do their employees actually live. Sometimes we even map it out to, like, recommend locations. Because we know if people have to commute more than, like, a 20-minute drive, they will not come. They will come, like, maybe once a week max. Um, and so it's, it's a big factor in, you know, kind of choosing the right spot for your office. And also uh, that's a big differentiator with a co-working space because co-working spaces are typically all downtown. So you don't have as many options as, as would be best for your team from a commute standpoint. But when you look at like the broader office supply, and that's what we're tapping into with Cody, you have actually options all across town, like in any neighborhood, you can find like a, a space. Now, the space is, should be easy to move in into, uh, should be on flexible terms and ideally on a hybrid basis. And that's what we're working on, right? It's converting as much as that supply towards like that flexible timeshare model. If we shift gears a little bit, um, you know, Christelle, I am, I'm curious to hear, you know, how you are doing as a company, right? What are your kind of plans for, you know, 2023 and, uh, you know, where are you in sort of the, you know, life cycle, if you will? You know, are you guys raising money, uh, you know, growing, trying to hire people? Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So it's been a 2022 has been a, 
a very impactful year at Cody. Like we've raised our Series A, uh, we doubled the size of our team. Uh, New York City was launched uh, properly in 2022, and so 2023 is really to consolidate all of that and and becoming the workplace brand uh, that really sets the tone for the future of work and, and for how we work. Um, specifically still in New York City and San Francisco because these are the, the biggest office markets in the U.S. Um, from a product standpoint, we're working uh, hard on making that process of finding and managing an office as easy as possible. So, so it becomes really kind of similar to any outsourced part of the company's tech stack. Uh, you know, companies have historically outsourced payroll to Gusto, payments to Stripe, that's not as to AWS, and they can now outsource their flexible offices to Cody. And so there's a lot of work that goes into um, building a product that can do just that and, and feels like extremely uh, easy and, and flexible. What does it mean for your business? Um, are you guys in, uh, in a place that you know others occupy for two days a week and you occupy three days a week? Um, what, what's your ideal working, working environment? Yeah, we're currently in a space that we use actually four days out of the week, and every Thursday we have a company using the, our space. Um, I mean, it's their space as well. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's extremely interesting because we come back and we see like some little things that have changed in the space, and it's, it's nice. You know, I like to, to contribute to local economies, and I think this is like a, an important factor in, in having circular economies, what you have more use of a specific a single unit. Uh, you have more companies, more people like taking advantage of that unit and then they're going to, you know, go and contribute to the local economy and the local businesses around that space. I think that's uh, much better than just having the space empty for the other two days of the week where the team doesn't come in. Uh, but for us personally, yes, like we, we do come in like a couple of days a week and then share that space with our uh, with one of our clients. Christelle, is there a company that you know um, you can bring up as an example, somebody that you guys have helped um, in this sort of new new way of working, um, sort of an example of, of what, what are some of the capabilities of uh, you know, Cody? Absolutely. I can think of Right Panda right now, uh, a great like e-bike uh, company and e-scooters company for um, commuter benefits that we use actually ourselves for zero carbon emissions commutes for our team. Um, but right Panda, they started with us more than a year ago now with a, a twice-a-week office hub in the Mission in San Francisco for the engineering team. And they quickly uh, expanded to New York City with a full-time space in Soho, uh, retail space, actually. And then a few months later, they uh, needed a hub in Seattle. And every time the process to get them up and running has taken like just two to four weeks max which is unmatched in the industry and also giving them like the most flexible terms possible uh, on the market. Um, and, and that's what I'm talking about in terms of like flexibility, ease and speed, which is critical for startups and for companies in general, uh, is really kind of adapting the space to that growth and not the other way around. And so Right Panda is, is one of uh, our best examples to date. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Um, to close the conversation, I usually like to ask a couple of you know personal questions in terms of um, you know you know things you've learned uh, throughout this process of you know starting this business and you know growing it. Um, 
but also, you know, some advice that you would give to people if they want to get involved in 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 this kind of a business. Um, uh, you know, give us some feedback, you know, both lessons learned and sort of advice to, you know, others that, that may want to pursue um, you know, a career in this space. I think the past two years have been quite a, a ride uh, for anyone in real estate. Um, the pandemic truly changed things. And now like there's um, rumors around a recession, right? So like we can expect even more changes happening on a monthly basis almost in real estate. Um, it's fascinating to be in this industry right now at this point of time. Uh, things are moving really fast. And my biggest piece of advice would be just keep listening very closely to what um, solve people's needs. Uh, make sure that you're solving those, those big needs uh, and, and iterate and do not be afraid of like changing your business model, changing like even like the, the product uh, meaningfully if that's what it takes to adapt to those changes. Wonderful. Uh, Christelle, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Um, best of luck to you in the remaining of the year uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much, Vlad. Thanks for having me. That was another episode of the Real Perspectives podcast and we thank you for taking the time to listen to it. Conversations like these help us comprehend our evolving industry better and hopefully provide a perspective that helps you understand the dynamics of commercial real estate. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show and tell your colleagues about it. That is the best way to spread the news and help us remain relevant across the industry. Cheers. Cheers.